Hello and welcome to Divine Life Dialogues. This is Reverend Dr. Autumn Renee Allen, and I have with me... Reverend Michael Scott Allen, MD. So we want to welcome you to today's focus, which is peace. Boy, we all need some peace. The last uh, week or two that we've had have been very tumultuous, uh, and it's not over. And doesn't that sound like the saga of life? And so we're going to be talking about, about what the spiritual traditions say about peace. You know, we see these things all over Facebook. We've heard these things when we go to church. And, you know, the, the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we're all after that. We're after that. We, we don't have it because we're not focused on it. You know, we let these trials and tribulations, the shiny object syndrome is what they call it in the, the uh, internet world, the, the business high-tech internet world. It's allowing your focus to be distracted constantly by the new shiny thing that crosses your vision. Now, one of the things that I teach in my uh, Divine Life Wealth uh, programming is this, this whole idea of perspective and perception. And we talk a lot about that. And so that's what they're talking about. They're talking about you know, somebody grabbing our perception and the focus of our attention, and then we devote energy to it. Dr. Allen, what has been your experience with the shiny object syndrome? <laughs> well, it's uh, the things that your maybe ego's attracted to where you get off course and you go, you know, New cars, you know, sex, food, exercise, whatever. Something that will, you know, the promises you'll feel better about yourself or you'll, you'll feel better if you just do this, you know. Just eat this food. Or but what happens? What you, happens? Okay, so, so we're pursuing the food to feel better. We're pursuing sex to feel better. You know, we're going to feel better about ourselves if we have that shiny new car, you know, that makes us look like something that we're probably not, okay? You know, I've been there. I've done that. And the peak of that stuff for men comes about what age, would you say? Between 33 and 50? Yeah, somewhere. There, you know, <laughs> one or two decades before the midlife crisis. Yeah, yes, exactly. You know, and you realize that nothing's really you've done has been satisfied. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's something you're missing. The trophy wife didn't work out. She just wouldn't be who you wanted her to be. You thought she was going to be the trophy wife, and she said no. Okay, so I look. I'm teasing you, men. I'm teasing you, men. Where all the stepwives? <laughs> no, I was going to say you're easy targets. Okay, you're just easy because yours is most obvious. But women have their own versions of that. The vanity, you know. 
I need the weekly spa treatment. I need the facelift. I need the body sculpturing. I need, I need clothes and diamonds and on and on and on. And I need to find what? A, uh, what did they call them? The, the daddy. Daddy Warbucks. The sugar daddy. I'm sugar lo- daddy. That was what the word I was looking for. So, I mean, we both, men and women, have their own versions of that, shall we say, travel, that journey to the midlife crisis. And this is just part of the regular human development between, what, 35 and 45. Now, some people's, in my experience as a coach and a counselor and a therapist, my experience has been that when that midlife crisis hits, generally it hits because your picture of your life completely disappears. It's either, you know, I've, I've said this for years, God either beats you up financially or your health. This is the way God gets our attention. Finances, health, and relationships. You can call it sex if you want to, but it's relationships. So what's been your experience with that? Like, as you approach your midlife crisis, what finally because you're you're enthralled in the shiny syndrome, you know, focus. And God had to just slap you. Well, I went through a divorce. Yeah, okay. And that's when I was crying for God for help. Uh-huh. I was in such pain because it reminded me of losing my mom to cancer. So I lost my wife. and th- I was, you know, Who was the substitute mom, right? right? I was always looking around. <laughs> Ever since I lost my real mom, I was looking around for substitute moms. Uh huh. To be my mommy, you know. Uh huh. And then I. Um, I like that phrase you used, to be my mommy. The men who are listening to this podcast, I want you to hear that phrase. Women don't want to be your mommy. Okay. But some women are looking for somebody to be their daddy, you know, too. But and men are not looking to be your daddy either. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. It's an equal opportunity thing, yes. So that was, and then I um, decided I didn't want to be responsible for my practice that I developed, so I gave up, essentially let go of my practice, and um, that that was a mistake in retrospect. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you had no income? Oh, yeah, because, <laughs> oh that. Yeah, for three, I took a three-year sabbatical and traveled. Oh, he calls you know. it a three-year sabbatical. Okay. Yeah, and I traveled all around the world to sacred sites, and I was exploring spiritual healing and stuff but I thought it would last forever and then the money started to run out and then, <laughs> <laughs> then I got married again and reality hit and I have to get it to go to back to work you know? yeah so, anyway. it took I, three years to get him to go back to work folks yeah. okay so all right so what brought you peace though see that that's our topic today you know what is it how did you get to that level of peace you finally surrendered to something what would you how would you describe your surrender well I always used to find my refuge in nature and that's where I would go out and find peace and safety but um, I didn't learn how to connect with God or go inside to find that you know Jesus said the kingdom of God's inside of you and that's what I'm that's what I started learning how to do during my midlife crisis I took six-week course in meditation and 
read the autobiography of a yogi, and I started to find that other places besides just going out and being out in nature, I could find it inside. And so that was the one way I started to experience the peace beyond understanding. And, then and so once you experienced that, is that why you continued to pursue a spiritual path? Because you knew the connection was inside you and not outside you. Yes, and I'm still at age sixty-six. I'm still I still haven't quite crossed the bridge completely, so I'm still having to, you know, go back and forth, wrestle with my ego and stuff like that. But I'm making lots of progress. I know. Okay, well, you're you're bringing up you're introducing another topic. This is ego versus God self, which is a big part. It is actually the training for for uh, the mind training that a course in miracles focuses on. Because that is, um, that's the struggle. That's that's the struggle that we have as humans. Is in order to survive physically, we create an ego. But the ego is just a belief system, Sorry. and it's not the truth, folks. It is not the truth. The ego, the ego's beliefs are not reality. But we don't know that, okay? We've taught ourselves in order to survive. And what, you know, as you go through A Course in Miracles, what you you eventually are confronted with is you have to choose. Are you going to listen to God? Are you going to listen to your ego? So here's, our Alliance of Divine Life has this, the success path is, nine steps, but the first six steps are health, wealth, wisdom, peace, love, and joy. And so you're responsible for your health and you're responsible for your wealth. And then once you start to connect with God, you get the wisdom and it's like, be still and know that I'm God. That's where you develop the peace. And then when when you're in that peace, you can feel all of a sudden God's love for you and then the joy and the knowing what's next to do. But if you're under the control of the ego in A Course in Miracles, it says the symptoms of separation from God, which is SOS, symptoms of separation, there's eight of them. SOS for help. <laughs> yeah, that's what's for help. So the eight symptoms of ego guidance where you're separated from God are sorrow, anger, depression, fear, anxiety, and then the final exit stage is sickness, aging, and death. And so that's the, that's the path of the ego. And if you choose the path of God, you, you can get a completely different path, and that's the path of eternal life. So remember, we started this podcast series with this, this idea, you know, the march to death. Yeah, the death march, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, or are you going to step on the path to eternal life. And so what you've just described there, hopefully people will get the concept that the ego is leading you on the death march. Okay? The ego is leading you on the death march, and <clears throat> but you still have a choice. Your will is God's will, and God's will is your will. And let me tell you why. I came across this... I don't know. I, I see these little gems on on Facebook often, and I'll copy them. This is one of them. 
And it's an analogy. And I want to read the analogy to you because it is the truth. And this is why in Psalms 46.10, it tells us to be still and know that I am God. Because you see, once you know you're God, that you're with God, and that you're still, you're going to actually know what this analogy is pointing to. When God wanted to create fish, he spoke to the sea. When God wanted to create trees, he spoke to the earth. But when God wanted to create man, he turned to himself. And then God said, quote, Let us make man in our image and our likeness. End quote. If you take a fish out of water, it will die. And when you remove a tree from soil, it will also die. Likewise, when man is disconnected from God, he dies. God is our natural environment. We were created to live in His presence. We have to be connected to Him because it is only in Him that life exists. Now, this is pretty powerful. Let us stay connected to God. And that's what the peace that surpasses all understanding gives you is the recognition that you are living in God. Would you agree? Yes, we're sort of like a fish out of water and all the all the exactly. sex and drugs and everything don't give us put us back in the water where we know we are. You when you get in the presence of God you realize you're home and there's the peace beyond the understanding. Right. right. And safety. That's a great photo. <laughs> I just showed him. <laughs> and the reason I the reason I I waited to show him this this uh, picture is because he's been having a rough time. Okay. <laughs> of of being still and knowing that I am God. This is a, a picture of a guy who is, and, and you've all seen, you know, the jokes about the man who, who wants to get his project done, and he suspends a ladder over something that will not support the ladder. Well, this is a, this is a photograph of a guy who's all entangled in a ladder that he tried to put on the steps, okay, and he has fallen. And the quote on it says, me, meaning that this is him, all tangled up with the equipment when I lean on my own understanding. And that's exactly where the ego puts us, isn't it? Yeah, constant conflict. And... Funny picture. Yeah, it's a funny picture. He's having a tough time integrating this. I can just tell. I can tell in his face. Anyway, you know, the only way that we're going to know what God's plan is for us is to be able to listen to the voice of God, and and that is to me the primary focus that we all need to have is to put ourselves in a condition, in an environment, in a state of being, a disposition where we listen. We just listen. 
And there are lots of exercises that you can can learn how to like quiet your mind because your mind is like this thought machine, you know, it just keeps throwing out stupid thoughts one after the other. And unfortunately for most of us, we believe whatever we think. <laughs> it's not true. Okay? So if you if you believe what you just thought, okay? If you believe it's the truth and it's not, you're in trouble. So I've got another graphic here that is the plan for yourself is really just this small two-bedroom house. This is, this is your plan for your life. It's like a two-bedroom, one-bath house, little, little kitchen. You know, it's what? What do you think? 1,500 square feet, 1,800 square feet? Okay. And then there's the picture below that of God's plan for you, and it's a mansion. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I can't even see all of it. Those are just the rooms. I don't know how many bathrooms that is. I don't know how many kitchens, whatever. But that's that is why we cannot lean on our own understanding. It, because when we do, the life we create for ourselves is not for our highest and best good. So how do we manage this? You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about <clears throat> the voice of God. This is from A Course in Miracles. The voice of God is always quiet because it speaks of peace. Yet peace is stronger than war because it heals. War is division, not increase. No one gains from strife. What, profit, what profiteth a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's from Mark 8.36. This means that if he listens to the wrong voice, he's lost sight of his soul. He cannot lose it, but he cannot know it, and therefore it's lost to him until he chooses right. The Holy Spirit is your guide in choosing. He is the part of your mind which speaks for the right choice because he speaks for God. He is your remaining communication with God, which you can interrupt, but you cannot destroy the Holy Spirit is the way in which God can be done on earth as it is in heaven, because both heaven and earth are in you. Because the call of both are in your will, and therefore in your mind. The voice for God comes from your own altar to Him. This altar is not a thing, it's a devotion. Hear that, it's a devotion. And how do you, or how do we, express devotion? If we're devoted to something, whatever it is, how do we express that? 
We think about it all the time. We feel love and joy about it all the time. I don't care if it's a business endeavor that you are devoted to. That is how you behave. You think about it. You talk about it. You love it into existence. So, the problem for us is that we have divided our devotion between the ego and the voice of God or God's will. So, how do we correct that? Any ideas? Well, in the the Hindu tradition, there's four different paths, and it's sort of, one of them is to always, and you know, I've, when I first met you, you were doing this. I see everybody as Jesus, you know. Everybody I talk to, I see the Christ in them. I'm talking from my Christ self to their Christ self. So when you're buying hamburgers somewhere, the people serving you are Jesus. And when you're, whatever you're doing for work, you're serving Jesus, you know. Everybody's serving Jesus. Or you can switch it to God. Everything I'm doing is for God. God's everybody. I mean, Wait, do, do you know, do, the way I think about that is a little bit differently. It's that... I am activating my relationship with the Christ self in the other person, regardless of who they are, what they're doing, or whatever, because I know that Christ is everywhere. I know that God is everywhere because I'm living in an environment of God. And I'm saying, I want to interact with your Christ self, not your ego, Because I may not necessarily like your ego. <laughs> I may not, may not love your ego or the way your ego expresses. But I love Jesus. I love the Christ. And so that's what I focus on. Yeah. That's the way I, I deal with that. Yeah, I suppose that's one of, the, one of the paths. I think they're called bhaktis or something. But the path of love is the quickest way to get to God. To love God and everything you see. Everything you see is God. And the other one is service, right? You're serving God every time you do something. And then there's the one, the wisdom path, this, that when you see two things that seem separate, they're not separate, they're one. And so in the oneness, you know, the truth is one. There's only, all, the, all there is is God. <clears throat> so mentally you're saying, that person's not separate from me. There's only one thing here, it's God. Everything you see is God, there's only one. And then the, other, the fourth path is sort of a physiology physiologic path where you do like uh, Kriya Yoga is a matter of running energies and saying affirmations and stuff. But um, and does it involve breath work? Though, yes. too? So, so yeah. the breath is, yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's what the Course in Miracles says. You know. How do you have peace? Okay, folks, it's simple. It's always a simple thing. You know. Teach peace. Whoa. Okay, how to have peace, teach peace. And think about that. If your focus is on what you're teaching, okay? And you teach by your behavior. Yeah. Because, you know, A Course in Miracles helps us to recognize that we are both student and teacher at the same time. And, I mean, I think I talked a little bit about this in another podcast where where. I recognize that the first year I taught school, it was amazing. I bet I learned more from my students than they learned from me because I was so new. 
the same thing happened when I started teaching the ministerial courses that I taught for years. And so, and the same thing is happening here through our podcast. We're learning as we're sharing with you. You know, we're both student and teacher. As we're sharing with you our experiences in, in order to help nudge you into focusing on peace. And as you focus on peace, then live that peace so that you can teach that peace to other people. You teach it through who you are, what you say, and what you do. So, so you know, that's the simple answer. Um, so one of the things that in the student workbook of A Course in Miracles, um, that, you know, the, the, that we are instructed, Jesus in the, these channelings in A Course in Miracles instructs us to do in terms of listening for the Holy Spirit, is when we are in conflict, we need to basically, we're reteaching our ego, okay? And so the first thing to do when we're in conflict is um, this concept that you are asked to trust the Holy Spirit only because He speaks for you. And what I think that is about is if we're all one, you, got, you know, I can't, I cannot know what words you need to hear in order to get what I'm trying to say to you. And, but the Holy Spirit is the translator for me. Even though we speak the same language, we don't speak the same language. Because you have different mental and emotional triggers on words than I do. And so the Holy Spirit can translate for me my words, translate my concepts, okay, my pictures, into words that you understand. Okay, Michael Scott and I, as a married couple, have... have Real basic male-female communication problems. Okay, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sort of a Taurus, and she's sort of a Sagittarius. Not so. sort of. I so am. That's, a, that's like <laughs> complete opposites. Also, there. Okay, so the first step in solving a conflict is to ask yourself: Do I want the problem, or do I want the answer? And what that immediately does is it helps you to get out of your ego. And we could go through the whole, you know, the whole counseling and therapy thing about, you know, why you need to drop this because you have an attachment to being right. You have an attachment to doing it your way. Okay, we all have those issues. We all have those issues. But if you use this question, do I want the problem or do I want the answer, it cuts right to the chase. What do you want? Because God is always willing to give you what you want. And if what you want is peace, 
you're going to get peace. You're going to be told how to get peace. The voice of God, the Holy Spirit, is going to tell you how to reach peace. The second part of this process is do not accept your brother's variable perception of himself. You know, if he's behaving badly, okay? And the reason you want to do that is because his split mind is yours. It's just like yours. And if we're all one, maybe literally it's yours, okay? And you will not accept your healing without his because of oneness. Now, how difficult is that when you're in the middle of a conflict for you? Well, I used to always escalate the, escalate the conflict, conflict all that. I mean, my ego created the conflict, and I used to escalate it. But now I've learned, like, choose again. When you choose again, you're choosing love. When you choose not to attack, you're choosing love. And so if you can get into the space of what's the solution, you can help generate, you can be one of the Holy Spirit's tools to generate the solution. But how do you get to that space? Here's the recommendation. You say to yourself, I do not know what anything, including this, means. Okay, this is, you know, we don't. Yeah. We don't. And so I do not know how to respond to it. So that cuts our knee-jerk or triggered response. And I will not use my past learning as the light to guide me now. So you're staying focused on the voice of God. You're staying focused on listening, and you're saying you're letting go. You're just each step of this process is the idea of letting go of your ego's desire to jump in and solve the problem. You can't, I I, I do not know what anything, including this, means. And I want you to feel that because at the moment you say that to yourself, you go, oh, oh. And you're put back into a neutral space energetically. It's peaceful there, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. And the last question that you ask yourself is, what do I want to come of this? And your answer should be peace. And you will get the answer how to reach peace. So do you have any final words as we wrap up this session about peace. And look, we have just touched the surface of this, obviously. Look at look at the lack of peace in our world. But I want you to be able to use this process to establish peace, real peace, as your safety, your place where you're one with God, because that's it. Be still and know that I am God. So, last words? No, last words. Peace be with you. Peace Peace be with with us. Peace in front of me, peace behind me, peace everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, thanks for listening. And and, uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channels. And with that, we bless you. We thank you. 
Have a great week.